The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry, or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. To God be the glory, great things we have done, so
don't know how long it took me to teach that to her. It's been a, just all, you know, a week just trying to work on that something anyway. Appreciate the ministry and song. We're going to have another um, special at this time before we go to the Word today. So um, Taylor and Gideon are going to sing for us the song Above All. Yeah. 
Thank you all so much. Well, open your copy of God's Word, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 3. And I just want to testify, I have already been so blessed by our time together today. Uh, the music, the worship, just seeing your face uh, in this service today has blessed me. Matthew chapter 3, and if you would also find and put your finger in Luke chapter 3, we'll be there in a moment. Matthew 3 is our main text, we'll be there today, but we'll also find Luke chapter 3 as we continue our series on John the Baptist that we've called Forerunner. One of the um, beautiful things about studying John the Baptist is that you cannot study his life without bumping into Jesus. John's life was all about Jesus, and in all honesty, to study John the Baptist's life is to, in many ways, to study the life of Christ. And today we come to a very holy spot in John's life and ministry. In fact, it is the climax, the high point of his life and ministry. You may remember, as I mentioned in an earlier message, that his ministry was short. Scholars believe that John the Baptist's ministry lasted somewhere between six months to a little over a year's time. Not a very long time, as far as we reckon time. And somewhere in that time frame, from six months to a little over a year, he got to do something that no other human has ever done. Now, he didn't want to do it, but in obedience to the command of Christ, he did it anyway. Uh, we know John as the preacher and as the baptizer, and today we're going to see that John baptizes none other than the Lord Jesus Himself. This is a sacred moment. The passage we're about to read is a very sacred time. I don't want to treat this academically. I, I don't even really want to treat it as much homiletically. I want to treat it very carefully and, and very reverently because it's a very holy moment. And we're going to get to see and listen in on the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the beginning of our Lord's earthly ministry. And Jesus has been living up to this time in pretty much obscurity. We have very little about His childhood and His growing up years. And uh, now we're at a point in His life where He walks 60 miles or so to be baptized by John in the River Jordan. And we're going to look again in Matthew chapter 3 to begin. Then I want to read the same account in Luke 3, and then we'll come back to Matthew chapter 3. But in Matthew chapter 3, I want to read together verses 13 through 17. It says in Matthew 3, 13 through 17, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed it. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You'll put your finger there in Matthew 3 because we're coming back. Would you go to Luke 3 real quick? And I want to read the same account in Luke's Gospel because he adds an element that Matthew did not mention and I want to show it to you. In Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 23... Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while He prayed, 
Now, Matthew didn't mention that, but Luke does. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Now, if you'll go back to Matthew, we'll, we'll kind of stay there. We'll go to John later on, but uh, go back to Matthew 3. But the obvious question today, uh, when you think about this account, is this. Why was Jesus baptized? I mean, why was he baptized? John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, a repentance from sin, a confession of sin. But Jesus didn't have a need to be baptized because Jesus never sinned. He had nothing to repent of. So why in the world was Jesus baptized? We're going to talk about that today. But I've got to be honest, there's a lot of discussion about certain elements that we read here about Jesus' baptism. Uh, some talk about, well, was it a dove? The Holy Spirit, did He come as a dove or was it like a dove? Did everybody see the heavens open? Did everybody hear the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son? How much did John the Baptist know about Jesus at this point? Did he already know for certain that he was the Messiah? Was this confirmation that he was the Messiah? Did he not know as much as we think he may have known? We could go on and on and on talking about, well, what about this and what about that? But that misses the point. And it really mars the beauty of this sacred moment. And then I wrestle, what direction do I take this passage? Maybe I should press for baptism. Or maybe I should emphasize the Trinity. We have God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit all here together. But as I prayed about it, I settled upon three main thoughts that I want to share with you very quickly this morning. And I want you to notice, first of all, from this sacred moment, this passage of Scripture that we've read together, I want you to notice the humility of John. The humility of John. When Jesus appears to John, now I want you to put yourself in John's sandals for a moment. Imagine you're out preaching repentance, you're out baptizing people, and the Lord Jesus walks up and requests that you baptize him. Now that kind of puts it in perspective. And, and, and when this happened, John reasoned with Jesus and said, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. Look at Matthew 3. You're back there again. Look at verse 14. John tried to prevent him. No. Lord Jesus, no. He tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. Now again, we don't know all that John knew at this point in his life. We know he's already left in the womb when, when Jesus walked up in Mary's womb and and we know they knew each other and related and so forth, but we don't know enough and we don't know exactly all that John knew, but we know enough and John knew enough at this point to know this was backwards. I don't need to baptize Jesus. Jesus needs to baptize me. You're still there in Matthew 3. Back up to verse 11. Notice what John said. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John had already said, listen, there's somebody else coming behind me. I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. And then the one he's talking about, Jesus walks up and says, John, baptize me. And John says, no. I can't do that, Lord. I ain't trying to prevent him. 
But Jesus pressed him, and John accepted and obeyed and baptized Jesus. Now, this did indeed settle in John's mind um, that this was um, Jesus and that he was uh, who he thought he was. Uh, in fact, if you listen to, let me read to you John 1, 32-34. It says, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I did not know him. And that's why we're not sure exactly what he, what he knew and didn't know. We don't know exactly what he means there. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And so, ever how much John knew, he knew enough to know this is the one I was told about. This is the one they told me about. The, the, the Father revealed it to him. The Spirit revealed it to him. And the moment that John baptized Jesus was really, in many ways, the moment where John's ministry began to diminish. It began to decline, if you will. It would not be long before John's followers would leave him and become Jesus' followers. In fact, in John chapter 3, verse 30, we have what may be the most famous words that John ever spoke where he said about Jesus, He must increase, but I must decrease. And this is the climax of John's ministry. This is the high point of John's ministry. And so it was that John's ministry, John should go diminish, Jesus should rise, and John passed the test beginning here. And that brings me to that second point, and it's this, the humility of Jesus. The humility of Jesus. One scholar noted that Jesus would have walked some 60 miles to get to John the Baptist. Somebody else said it was maybe 75 miles to be baptized by John. I think whether it's 60 miles or 75 miles or somewhere in between, that forever should settle in our minds just how important Jesus thinks baptism is. That he would walk that distance to be baptized by John the Baptist. And when John tried to stop Jesus from being baptized, notice what Jesus said to him, Matthew 3.15. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed it. In other words, Jesus didn't disagree with John that indeed John needed to be baptized by him. He didn't disagree with that. Jesus knew who he was. But he said, John, I want you to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Now, what exactly did Jesus mean there? I mean, there's no prophecy that said that Jesus must be baptized by John. But it was obviously the Father's will because Jesus only did what pleased the Father. And the fact that Jesus went and he was baptized by John the Baptist, it did indeed approve of John's ministry. And Jesus affirmed John's ministry that John was doing right and John was doing what he ought to do. But why was Jesus baptized? What did he mean to fulfill all righteousness? Well, there's several reasons we think of why Jesus was baptized. Now remember, he never sinned. So why was he baptized? Well, first of all, in baptism he identifies with sinners. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. And here, before he ever goes to the cross and takes upon ourselves his sin, our sin, uh, upon himself, he goes and he's baptized and identifies with the other sinners that are baptized. What humility the Lord Jesus showed here that he would submit 
not only to a baptism that was for sinners, but he was also baptized by a sinner. John the Baptist was not perfect. John the Baptist was a sinner like us. John the Baptist needed the Savior like us. And yet Jesus, in his humility, he identifies with sinners. And he's baptized at the hand of a sinner. And secondly, his baptism serves as an example. Some people might say, well, why do you Baptists put so much emphasis on getting baptized? Because Jesus puts emphasis upon being baptized. Jesus is the example. And Jesus, he got baptized. And he tells us to be baptized. And can I just say it this way? He went first. And so when the Lord tells us to be baptized, he's already set the example. And the Lord Jesus is the example for us in all things, including following him in baptism. But then there's a third thing, and this is really remarkable to me. And that is when Jesus got baptized that day, he pictured his own death, burial, and resurrection before it even happened. You know, beloved, when we have a baptism service, that when we are baptizing a believer, they're showing publicly that they follow Christ and that Christ is their Lord and Savior. But the baptism itself, it pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. As the individual is there in the baptistry and they're going down, it reminds us of the, the, the death. And then under the water is the burial. And then when they come back up, it's a picture of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now imagine the Lord Jesus Himself. He's getting ready later on to go to the cross. But here, before He ever goes to the cross, He's showing Calvary before He ever goes to Calvary. What a significant event this was in the life of the Lord Jesus. In fact, we know that Luke told us that Jesus was praying during this time. And so imagine this. He's showing Calvary before He goes to Calvary. And of course, it served as a confirmation to John the Baptist of who Jesus was. And it's a confirmation of His identity and His mission, which brings me to my final point, and that is the holiness of Jesus. We have the humility of John the humility of Jesus, now the holiness of Jesus. Um, Jesus' baptism was unlike anybody who ever went before Him and anybody who's gone after Him. The passage said that in Luke that Jesus prayed at His baptism. And three remarkable things happened. It says that the heavens were open, the Spirit descended like a dove and lighted upon Him, and the Father spoke over Him. You're still in Matthew 3. Let's read it again. Verses 16 and 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And of course, we see here the Trinity. You have God the Father speaking. You have God the Son getting baptized. And you have God the Holy Spirit appearing in some dove-like form and, and lighting upon Him. And, and the fact that this happened, it indeed showed that Jesus was the Messiah. And it also reminded us that the Spirit empowered Him for His work. Listen to John chapter 1, verses 31-34. through 34. Again, John says, I did not know Him but that He should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. He remained upon Him. I did not know Him, 
But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. And the voice of the Father shows us here that he is indeed God. It reminds us of Jesus' deity. Because God the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, Jesus was always God. Even during those hidden years with Mary and Joseph, He's always God. He's always placed the Father. And here you have the Trinity. And again, that's why I say it's such a holy, sacred moment. I want to be very careful of what I say and how I describe this. Oh, just to be a fly on a rock that day to see this. As God the Son is baptized, God the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and is upon Him, and God the Father speaks, this is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see, Jesus' baptism was no ordinary baptism. It was an event attended by the whole Trinity. And it testified and affirmed Jesus' life and His mission and His ministry and His person. He is God and He is the Messiah. But then we come together on a day like today and we look at this and we say, okay, Jesus was baptized. And maybe you wonder, well, what are we supposed to take away from this? What are we supposed to take away from this? How does this apply to us living in June of 2021? Well, again, three points came to mind quickly. How do we respond to this? Well, I think, first of all, we respond with worship. Worship. Consider Jesus here. He's already humbled himself. 30 years old now. He was born as that babe. Bethlehem. Poor. Lived all this time in obscurity. Now he's getting ready to step out into his public ministry. He's been humbling himself over and over and over and over and over again for us. And now he humbles himself again. And he comes to John the Baptist and he submits to baptism a baptism of repentance, although he had, had nothing to repent of. He knew no sin. He humbled himself and he did that. He identified with us. And when we look at the Lord Jesus, we should worship. And by the way, he did this for you. And he did it for me. Do you know him today? This is the beginning of his ministry. I mean, we're going we're to continue watching in his life and he's going to go to the cross. And He went to the cross for you and He died for you and He shed His blood for you and He arose again for you. If you've never received Him, today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ. When I think about the baptism of the Lord, I mean, we just have to worship Him. You know how if you've been baptized, if you've attended a baptism service, you know how special that is just for us. I mean, it's a time of celebration. It's a good time the family come together and they come and some people go out and they eat and they do all these because it's the highlight. It's a highlight of our life in many regards. We, we trusted Christ. We're identifying with Christ. We're telling everybody we love Christ. Now here's Christ serving as our example. And we worship Him today. But there's a second thing I take away from this story and it's this, it's obedience. Why? Because um, John was obedient. John didn't want to baptize Jesus. And can we blame Him? Can you imagine the Lord Jesus coming to you and saying, I want you to baptize? We say, Lord, I can't baptize you. But we notice here that John 
was obedient. Jesus was obedient to the Father's will. It was the Father's will that He be baptized. And we too should be obedient. And can I just say that if you are a believer and you've never been baptized, Jesus wants you to be baptized. I mean, He's made it plain and clear. He said to go into all the world and preach the Gospel and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized, it's time for you to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That's obedience. But then there's a third thing I think we really take away from this as well. And it's this. It's humility. Jesus modeled it here. John modeled it here. And we should live it out in our lives. You know, John said in John 3.30 what really should be a description of our growth in Christ. John said in John 3.30 He must increase but I must decrease. And can I say just submit to you, and I'm sure we'll look at that passage later in our study, but can I just submit to you, that's a good description of Christian growth. He must increase and I must decrease. In other words, more and more as we grow in our faith and grow in our Christian life, it becomes more and more about Jesus and less and less about us. This is a high and holy moment in the life of John, in the life of Jesus. May we take these lessons of worship and obedience and humility and allow God to apply them to our heart today as we obey Him, as we worship Him, and as we make our lives more and more about Him and less and less about us. Would you bow in prayer with me? Father, it is with a grateful heart that we bow in Your presence. And Lord, as we bow today, help us to worship. Help us to obey. Help us to humble ourselves. May Your Spirit have His will and way in this place. If somebody's here and they don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray this will be the hour they turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ alone. For others who might be here, say, listen, I need to be baptized. I need to join this fellowship. I need to obey in some way that God is leading me. I pray during this invitation time that you would have your will and your way accomplished. Lord Jesus, thank you for humbling yourself and submitting to baptism. Lord, thank you for being our example in all things. Thank you for your death your burial, and your resurrection. May we be like you. And may we love you more and more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing song this morning, and the altar is open. I'll be down here if I can pray with you. It's number 96, Great is Thy Faithfulness. For you to be saved today. We would invite you to come if you want to come and pray, if you need to be baptized, if you want to join the church, whatever it is that God might be leading you. This is a hymn of invitation. It's also a hymn of worship. As we want to praise the Lord because we thought this would be the appropriate song to close this service of God has been so faithful to us and has been faithful to bring us back together again. Whatever how the Lord is leading you today, you come, but let's stand together and lift our hearts and our voices. Number 96, Gregory Slide
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.